Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for teaching us and training us in the way of righteousness. We pray, Father, that you will speak to your people today. Build their faith, Father, that they will know what they have to Christ Jesus, who they are in Christ Jesus, Lord. And we can stand on faith, stand on what you promise us, what you have done for us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Today, I would like to talk about the blessings of a family. From the beginning, from the creation of the world, God wants to bless every family. Everyone say family. God cares for a family unit. God doesn't want us to bless one person, but He wants to bless the whole family. God is the one who put the institution of family into the world. We thank God for the freedom we have in the U.S. We thank God for the missionaries from America that went out to many nations and preached the gospel. And as a Christian, we can enjoy the freedom. And God wants to bless the family so that the family can enjoy the freedom from the consequences of sin. Whenever we sin, we have the consequences, and it's called curse. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Genesis 4, 1-2 says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. You can see that God formed the first family, Adam and Eve, and they began to have offspring. If you study the book of Genesis carefully, you can see that the first words that God spoke to Adam and Eve, I bless you. Multiply, be fruitful, fill the earth, and subdue it. God wants his blessing to be in that family. I want to encourage all the family in this room. You can believe that the blessing belongs to you through Christ Jesus. I want to tell you the purpose of this preaching right now. The preaching is not very complicated, actually. But my purpose, I want the message for you to take home is that you can wake up every morning. You can stand in the midst of economy. You can stand in the midst of storms and all the problems in your life and say, as a Christian family, we are blessed. The blessing belongs to us. And that blessing comes through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not your own blessing. It's the blessing of God. That comes through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that blessing was given to you so that you can bless other people. It's not for covetousness. It's not for hoarding the good things with you. But it's to give out and to bless other people. Amen? God bless me financially so that I can bless other people. 
we want to be a blessing to other people. You can stand firm, and you can tell the devil, you cannot steal anything from me. I'm a blessed family. Every Christian should be able to stand firm on this promise of God. What happened? Adam and Eve were blessed by God, that family. But unfortunately, Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They sinned against God. Adam saw Eve pick the fruit from the tree instead of correcting or stopping his wife. He took the full responsibility because he did not stop his wife from sinning against God. You know, one thing I like, Pastor Da. You know, as husband and wife, God put us together to keep the balance. Sometimes I had bad attitude. I may do some wrong thing, but I thank God for Pastor Da. She would say, Mom, you need to repent. This is wrong attitude. This is a wrong way of doing things. And the same thing, if Pastor Da did something wrong, I would say the same thing to her. Da, I think this is a wrong way. We need to repent. Husband and wife, I want to encourage you. You need to be gatekeepers of one another. You are brothers gatekeeper. If somebody starting having a wrong attitude, you need to say, hey, stop. This is not right. Don't practice the way Adam practiced in the Garden of Eden. His wife made a big mistake, picked up the fruit, but Adam did not correct her. He went along with the sin, and that, brought, that sin brought curses into the whole humanity. After that, the curse hit the world. They have to leave the Garden of Eden. But thank God, our God is a good God. He had the solution for them. He did not leave them in the curse. He still wants to bless them. God never changes his mind about blessing a family to today. He still wants to bless every family. The original plan of God is that the mom, the dad, or the parents, the husband and wife, and the kids, and the grandkids, and the great-grandkids, all of them are blessed by God. That is the original plan of God. Subdue the world, be fruitful, fill the earth, be blessed by God. What did he do? God has the solution, and that solution is the blood. Everyone said the blood. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, God revealed to Adam and Eve the solution to get rid of the curse and bring the blessing back to the family. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So God set a good example first. God said, Adam and Eve, I want to let you know the way to come out from this bondage of sin and the consequences of sin, which is the curse, is the blood. So God killed an animal and took the skin out and made the clothes for them. And God taught them that in order to live a holy life and a life of blessing, you need to depend on the blood. The blood will be shed in order to get rid of all the curses and sin in your life. Adam and Eve learned that from God. Killing an animal, get the blood, shedding the blood, and use the animal skin as their cloth. And Adam and Eve taught this principle to Cain and Abel. But unfortunately, the world 
is always full of two kinds of people. One group of people stubborn, don't want anything about God, don't want to follow God's way, like Cain. Another group of people willing to yield to God and say, "I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do whatever you say." Cain is a representative of the first group of people. Cain said, "You know, I don't care what you say. You say this way in the Bible. I'm going to do my own way. I don't care what you say." So Cain, instead of killing animal to give offering sacrifice to God, he offered the fruit to the Lord. But Abel represent another group of people in the world that is willing to obey what the Bible say, willing to obey the voice of the Lord, their God, even though they have to pay the price and they don't understand. Cain and Abel may have thought, "What is going on here? Why have to be the blood?" They didn't understand. But they have to obey. You know, sometimes when you obey God, you don't understand everything. Because if you understand everything, you are God anyway. You are not God. So whatever God say, you obey. He is the boss. So Cain obey the Lord. He kill animal and he gave to the Lord as a sacrifice on the altar. Every time they kill the animal, put the blood on the altar and burn that animal. It's time to tell God that God, we are sinners. This blood was shed. To cleanse us from sin and cleanse us from the curses, and we are blessed. Every time they did that, that's why the Bible says God was not pleased with the offering of Cain. Cain has a stubborn heart, has a hardened heart, and one sin led to another one, and to another one, to another one. I just want to encourage all of you that don't even harbor any sin in your life. Because one little sin, such as bitterness, maybe you are bitter against me, because I preach something strong, and you don't like it, and you let that bitterness creep into your heart. It cannot grow, and eventually destroy your Christian walk. I make a decision every single day that I'm gonna forgive everybody that offended me. I'm gonna live a life. With a pure heart and a clear conscience, because I know that if I keep on having that sin, it will destroy me one day, and that sin gonna lead to another sin. What happened to Cain? Cain was bitter against God. He was bitter against his own brother. Eventually, he killed the brother. He committed sin, more and more anger, jealousy, killing, murder to follow. Now, nowadays, you may not put a gun to kill anybody, because you're gonna go to jail. How you kill people? You assassinate their character. You cause people to hate them, so that they'll have no friend anymore. That's sometimes how you kill people. Just assassinate, gossiping, talking bad, rumor. But if you know me long enough, you know that I'm not that kind of person. Amen. So you can see that the same thing happened to Abel. The same thing happened to Cain nowadays. That when people don't have the right attitude, we begin to assassinate. We begin to kill and murder. And that bring curses to that family. I just want to warn you: don't play with those sin. Keep your heart right. Amen. Everyone said the blood. What is the blood here? The blood of Jesus Christ. At that time, Jesus was not born yet. But today, we living in the New Testament time, that the blood of Jesus Christ, the the blood of the animal. In Cain's and Abel's time, point toward the blood of Jesus today, 
Therefore, we can have the blessing when we have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that blood, the blood that shed on the cross, bring blessing to all of us. That is what God did two thousand years ago. Throughout the old, the whole Old Testament, God pointed everything to the blood that is the answer for the blessing of the family. For example, in Exodus chapter twenty-five and twenty-six, God told. Uh, God told Moses to build a tabernacle, and the tabernacle have two separate rooms, separated by a big curtain. The inside room called the Holy of Holies. And then God told Moses, "Let me read from the Bible here a little bit. Put the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, and it will have a big golden lid, and it will have two cherubims, and they will face each other." When the high priest goes in on the day of atonement, he will sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Everyone say the blood. In the time of Moses, God told Moses to put the ark of the covenant covered with gold, and two cherubim or two angels that face each other and their wing touch each other like this on that mercy mercy seat or the ark of the covenant. And once a year, the high priest would go into that room and sprinkle the blood on that mercy seat to tell people that our sin, the sin of this nation, is forgiven, and the blessing will come back to us. The curse is broken by the blood. Picture of angel, mercy seat. Do you know what happened after Jesus died on the cross? They wrap him up. They put. Him in the tomb, and he was raised from the dead. When the disciple went into the tomb, they saw two angels. One angel at the head, at the head part of the Lord Jesus' body. He was not there anymore. He was gone. He was resurrected. Another angel was the other side, on the feet side of that place that Jesus was laid. Two angels in the tomb, and Jesus was lying there. Before his resurrection, so God tried to say that the mercy seat is the Lord Jesus Christ. That cherubim on the mercy seat, Jesus shed his blood two thousand years ago, so that we all can be blessed. That blood was shed, and Jesus was the Lamb of God. You see, from the book of Genesis, they killed the animal. Moses' time, the priest killed the animal, put the blood on the mercy seat, and today, thank God, that the pastor like me don't have to sprinkle blood anymore. I don't have to kill animal. <laughs> thank God I had to kill any animal. Thank God Jesus died. Thank God I was born in this time, not in the time of Moses that have to kill animal. Amen. So God want to bless His people. Genesis chapter twelve. From the book of Genesis, chapter one on, we can see that God still never changes His mind. He wants to bless His people. Now, the Lord has said to Abraham, "Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation." Is it the same thing? Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. The same principle. Multiply, fill the earth, become a big nations. Okay, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. What a blessing! This morning, before I came to church, I was writing the tie check, and I put ten percent in there, and I add another few hundred dollars, and I said, "This is for the needy. I want to give to the poor." Uh, it's a, such a blessing to be able to bless other people, Amen. so that those people who are in need can have some money to pay bills. You you see what I mean? I'm not blessed just to be blessed. I always think this way. Every time I bought a house, I always think about the kingdom of God. Definitely the house is also the investment. So that when I get retired, I don't want to get money from this church. I want to have enough money so I can fly all over the country by my own money. I want to share my heart with you. I never want money from this church. I want to do the Great Commission. I need to learn how to invest. I need to learn how to do all these things so that I can serve God without string attached to anybody's finances. Amen. So I want to be a blessing. God bless me. I want to bless the nation. That is the heart of God's people. We are blessed to bless other people, not just to bless ourselves. And God wants to bless your family, the same thing. God wants to bless you like he blessed Abraham to be the blessing to the nation. Look at another story in the Bible. Everyone said the blood. In Exodus chapter 11, at that time, the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. And God sent an anointed man named Moses to set them free. Moses challenged Pharaoh to release the Hebrews. The Pharaoh had a very hardened heart. So God sent frogs, sent... um, Blood into the water, locusts, all sorts of diseases, we call the plagues. God sent the plagues into the land. But eventually, the last hit was in Exodus chapter 11, 4 to 6. Then Moses said, Thus said the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the hand mill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. So this is the last card that God wants to put. God say, okay, you don't allow my people to go out to worship me at the mountain. I'm going to send the angel of death into the land. And the firstborn of every house, including the animal and the slave, shall die. But God protected his people. The blessing. The blessing of protection. Look at chapter 12, verses 3, 6, 7, and 12, and 13. Look at what the Bible says. Everyone say the blood. The blood of Jesus. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father. Everyone say house. A lamb for a family. One lamb. Jesus Christ, the lamb, for each family. Jesus died on the cross for your whole family. 
not just one person. Okay, a lamb for a household. Do you see the picture? God want to bless husband, wife, dad, mom, kids, grand grandkids, great grandkids. The lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you shall keep it under the fourteen day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood, put it on the doorpost and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you, or the curse shall not be on you, to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When God come and see the blood of Jesus on you, the curse has to be broken. Cannot do anything to you. You see the picture now throughout the Old Testament: the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, and is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you look in the Scripture, you can see that God really cares for each family. I give you one example in the Old Testament. Today, I talk about Old Testament a lot to show you that this is not just in the New Testament. All over from the Book of Genesis down. God wants to protect and bless the family. In Genesis chapter 28, verses 8 and 9, also Esau saw the daughters of Canaan, did not please his father Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife, in addition to the wives he had. So you wonder why I read this scripture. I want to tell you the background story. Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And again, the whole world is full of two groups of people, Cain or Abel, Esau or Jacob. Esau knew that God wants him to marry a believing woman. But he rebelled like Cain. He's going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what God say. So he decided to marry unbelieving woman from Canaan. You know Canaan worship idols. Canaan has a lot of sexual immoralities. They brought curses into his family. He didn't stop there. He went out again, marry more women from Ishmael. Marry more curses into his life. But look at Jacob. Jacob obeyed the Lord. He went to Laban and then married a believing woman to come into his house. Actually, two women. <laughs> he married two women. Don't do that, okay? This is Old Testament. They, they did that, but I'm, I don't agree with married two women. He obeyed the Lord in such a way that he married a believing woman. Look at what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? You know why God tells us not to marry unbelieving Spouse, the reason because God wants to bless the family. If a person in your family is not a believer, he, gonna, he or she is going to bring a batch of curses into the family. And if the kids 
follow this unbelieving spouse, you're in trouble. I mean, follow the, the faith or the philosophy. So, that's why God, to be sure, to be safe, marry a believer. So that you and your household and your kids and your grandkids shall be blessed. Again, go back to the original heart of God. God is not mean. God doesn't hate unbeliever. Don't take me wrong. Don't take the Bible wrong. It's not that God is against unbeliever. God just wants to bless your family. That's why he said, marry a believer. So that the, both of them will bring the blessing into the kids and the grandkids and great-grandkids. You need to understand the heart of God. But thank God, God gives us a solution. 1 Corinthians 7, 13 to 14. 1 Corinthians 7, 13 to 14. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So if you get married already, and you became a Christian later on, your husband was not a believer, the Bible said, don't divorce him if he is willing to live with you. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the believing wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But now, they are holy. What the Bible tries to say is, that if you are really a devout, born-again, committed, spirit-filled Christian, obey God. You are not on the side of Cain. You are not on the side of Esau. You are on the side of Abel and Jacob. You really obey God. Your words, your actions, the way you live will impress your husband or your wife. And eventually, they will be born again. They will come to Christ. And the whole family will be sanctified. That's what the Bible tried to say. You live a holy life. You walk in righteousness. Eventually, the whole family will come to know the Lord. Amen? So I want to encourage you, don't lose faith. Don't be hopeless, because if you just keep walking in the right way, in a godly way, eventually your unbelieving spouse will be born again. Amen. God wants to bless his people. If you examine your family life carefully, you may see a lot of problems. Maybe short temper. You may not tell me here, but maybe at home. You can say, my spouse sometimes just bursts with anger all the time. You don't know in church on Sunday. No one knows. Everyone looks holy on Sunday. But at home, ah! people are short-tempered. Or some people maybe have problem with drinking, problem with smoking. Some people have problem with lying. Some people have problem with gossiping, like to gossip. Some people may have problem with uh, pornography or sexual immorality, flirting with another woman, even though he already has a wife. All these problems in the family are the weakness or the curses. And God said that I can break those curses in your life. I can get rid of those things from you, from your spouse, and from your children. So we need to Cooperate with God. Number one, the way we cooperate with God is to agree first that we make mistakes. We have bad attitudes. We practice wrong things. We have wrong habits. We do wrong things in our life. We need to agree with God. Two, we need to agree with God that the blood of Jesus was shed on the cross in order to set us free from those curses. 
when I say curses, it may also mean sickness. Like some family, I am a doctor, so I see this all the time. I just saw one patient last week. He has back problem. He told me, "My grandfather had back surgery. My father has back surgery. The curses of back problem. All these curses can be broken if that person give their life to Jesus Christ, depending on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what God did. God did His part. He died. He shed His blood. He rose from the dead." And he had victory for us already by the blood of Jesus. But what we need to do is to repent and get right with God. Amen. We need to do our part is to agree with God. Actually, today, all the churches in America called all the churches to repentance. So at the end of the service, we're going to get on our knees and we're going to repent. Not only repent for our own family, we're going to repent for our nation. Amen. Otherwise, the curse is going to be on our nation if we don't repent as Christians. We need to repent. I give you two more examples of how the blood helped people, how the blood set the captive free from curses. And you need to really take side with God and agree with God and repent. How many people know that sin is contagious? How many people agree sin is contagious? I want to encourage all of you. A company can be corrupted by bad people. So please make sure that you associate with the right kind of people. If you associate with negative people, gossiping people, talking bad, you're going to be like that and it's going to destroy your life. You need to associate with godly people. People who love God, people who talk positive, people who have the right heart, because otherwise your whole family is going to be destroyed by that negativity. And that's what happened. You know, you can see in the Bible, how many people know that the Canaanites worship idols, they commit sexual sin, they're very, very mean people. Canaanites were full of curses, bad people. They were evil, wicked. And that's why God told Joshua, Joshua, when you go into the land of Canaan, this is what you need to do. Kill all of them. I mean, it's so mean, so mean. But I understand why God has to say that. Because God said, if one person left in there, that person is going to be contagious and the sin is going to go into the nation of Israel. So you need to get rid of all of them. No sin here. I'm that kind of person too. I'm very dogmatic about this issue. I'm not going to associate with people who are sinning because I don't want to be sinning either. I, I back off. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be around you because this is bad. I don't want to be contaminated and bring curses into my family to Paul, Joy, and Tanida and all of my family down to my grandchildren. So God said, get rid of all of them. If we compare to today, mean don't associate with sinful people. Don't be hang around, party, talk and put negative in your mind, and eventually you get destroyed by this negativity. So God said that. But you know, one person in the whole land of Canaan repented. And her name is Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. She was full of curses because she committed sexual immorality, sold her body to get money. But when she heard that 
the army of Israel was coming into the land, Rahab repented right away. Rahab said, "I'm going to join you guys. I'm going to be in that blood. I'm going to worship God and put the blood on the mercy seat. I want to join you guys." Rahab repented, and you know what happened? Rahab was not killed. And look at her family. Rahab married a Jew, and she had a baby. Her name, she named him Boaz. Boaz married a woman named Ruth, who became the mother of Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse, and Jesse had a named son David, and David became the king. And Rahab is the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another woman who was in the family of curses, Moabites. Moabites are also wicked people. This woman chose to follow God. Her name is Ruth. Ruth followed her mother-in-law into the land of Israel and married Boaz. And Ruth, the Gentile, who was in the curses family, became a blessing family. That she became the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make a conclusion in this sermon right now. You can see that the whole Bible from the book of Genesis, God wants to bless His family, His families on earth. You are still in that promise of God. What did He do? He sent His Son Jesus Christ to shed the blood, to cut the curse from our life, so that we can be blessed. He did his part. His promise still today for every one of us. We need to do our part. We need to be like Rahab. We need to be like Ruth. We need to be like Jacob, Abel. Check your heart. Do the right thing. Repent. Don't entertain any bad attitudes, any bad motives. Don't entertain anything negative in your life. Bitterness, sin. Repent as soon as possible. Get right with God as soon as possible. On your knee and repent. Husband and wife, if your spouse start to get off, warn her and warn him. Don't do this because we want the blessing to go to our children and grandchildren. Don't play with sin because God can do His part, but if we don't cooperate, we cannot get the blessing. How many people love your children in this room? Raise your hand up. I love my children so much. I love Joy Paul. And you know, when I say children, I love your guy too. Right now, I'm reading a book. It's interesting. The book written by Dick Iverson. This this man was a pastor of a church for more than twenty years, and he told everything about what happened in his church. And I was reading. I say, oh, I thought I'm the only one in the world face all of this stuff. <laughs> he faced the same thing. Exactly the same thing I'm going through right now in my church. It's exactly the same thing. I mean, the devil is doing the same thing to every church. I find out. I say, oh, I have a friend named Dick Iverson. <laughs> and when I read the story, and the same thing. He told in the story in that book that if a pastor go out and start to go off with pride, sexual immorality, or anything. For example, one church in the northwest here. The pastor started to go off with a doctrine called soul mating. 
he divorced his wife. He married another woman. In a few years, the whole church divorced and have adultery. When I talk about father and family, yes, I have my own family. I have Pastor Da, Joy, Paul, Tanida. I want them to be blessed, but I want to talk from my heart as a pastor, as a spiritual father of this church. Last night I emailed some of you. I promise God, all the days of my life, I'm gonna stay humble. I'm gonna live a holy life. I'm not gonna live a wicked life. You know why? Because I love you so much. If I start to sin, you know who's gonna get affected? Your guy. I cannot do that. I love you so much. That I'm willing to die to my flesh, yield to the Holy Spirit, and live a holy life, so that you and your family shall be blessed. As long as Pastor Lau is living on earth here and pastor this church, I will not let the devil touch this church. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith for you. I cannot go to my tomb, look at you and say, they're all cursed, they're all in trouble because of me. No way. I promise God. No matter how painful I have to go through in my life. So much pain as a pastor. You know, if you never become a pastor, you will never understand pastor. I understand pastor. How much pain you have to go through because the devil hates you. Especially after I come back from Bangkok, I cast out so many demons. I want to tell you, I love you so much. And I'm not playing game in this church. I want to build a house of God that really loves Jesus and get blessed. I'm not playing game. This is not, this is not my profession. This is my life. The devil hates me. He wants to get rid of me. He knows I'm real. I'm real. How many people say, I want a blessing in my family? Why don't we all go on our knees? And if anything we do wrong in life, why don't we ask God for forgiveness? Let's repent. Father in heaven, New Hope International Church, wants to depend on the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we're sorry, Lord, that we sinned against you in many ways. We may be ignorant. We don't know the Bible. We may be deceived by the devil. But Father, please forgive us of our sin. We're sorry, Lord, if we have done anything wrong against you, because we are human beings, we don't know everything. But we want to tell you, Lord, that we are sincere. We love you. We are not playing game, Lord. We want to be real. We want to be the true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, Father, cleanse us by the blood of Jesus Christ and forgive us, Lord.
this church wants to be right before you, Father. We want to be right before you. Forgive this nation. We have sinned against you. We want the blessing. We don't want the curses. We want to be like Rahab, Ruth, Abel. We want to be like Jacob. We want to be humble. Turn for our wicked ways and follow you. You are the holy God. We are weak people. Help us with your Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Help husband and wife in this church to help one another not to sin against God. Lord, help this church. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Father, if I sin against you in anything in this church, in my family, as the head of my family, the head of this church. I repent. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. If I'm not sensitive to people, made the wrong decision, please forgive me. I don't mean it, Lord. I really genuine to you. I want to do the right thing. Forgive me, Father. Forgive Pastor Da. Forgive my family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. the Lord bless every family in this house. May the Lord bless this fam spiritual family that this church will continue to prosper in every way to bless the nations. We will never quit. We will never give up. We will serve you, Lord Jesus, until the last day of our lives. We promise you, Lord, we will lead our children to the way of God, to the biblical way. We promise you, Lord, we set good example to our children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. Lord, I don't want to. Do the same thing Adam and Eve did. I don't want to pick that fruit. I want to obey you. I want to obey. 
trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 